actually. When you look at it, it is um, it, it is alive. It got its own nervous supply. It got its own nervous system, which is independent from the rest of your body. So it's almost like a whole bag of worms that's very slowly wiggling along, which is fascinating. That's Rockhampton Hospital general and colorectal surgeon Dr. Ming Ho. Believe it or not, he's talking about what your bowel would look like if he was operating on you. So how interesting we do operation when people having a general anesthesia, so they are asleep and they have uh, the various different medication to paralyze them so they do not move. That's how we can operate on them. But the bowel itself got its own mind. So despite the fact that you're fully paralyzed, during the operation, your bowels continue to move, continue to work. Welcome to this episode of My Amazing Body, a podcast where we explore interesting, unknown and misunderstood parts of your body. Today, we're learning all about your bowel. What is your bowel and what does it do? Is it all about making poop? Well, Dr. Ming Ho explains that for a start, the word bowel is actually a collective term for a number of different parts of your body that do a number of different things. People mention the word bowel actually can mean a lot of things. Um, in, in our area, the bowel is, is the end of the digestive tract. So after the food goes to the mouth, it goes down to your foot pipe, get down to your stomach, and, and then after that it enters into the bowel. So the bowel is divided into large bowel and small bowel. So the first part after the stomach is the small bowel. What it does is to um, further digest the food that you eat and absorb the food that you eat. And after the digestion, the food material will generally become another part of your food uh, that will enter your large bowel and your large bowel will regulate the fluid content, the water within the, the stuff that you eat and being absorbed. And at the, at the very end, it becomes waste and um, the large bowel also store up the waste and when the socially acceptable situation, you get rid of the waste. So it is very important. You can't live without it. So um, it's also known as the small intestine and the large bowel, also known as the large intestine or colon. In, uh, in, in some people will also refer that to as well. The bowel is pretty amazing. As we heard Dr. Ming Ho describe, it moves by itself and it can also stretch and bend as you eat and drink throughout the day. The bowel is a, is a very elastic uh, organ. So in terms of small bowel, it, it can stretch up to a few, a good few meters. And um, it's all, when it's not being used, they're very tiny. So I, I would say like, like the width of your barrel, so like your ballpoint pen, that the bowel can actually be that diameter. It's almost like a bit, look, look like noodles. So when it's um, working, if you've got food in it, it can dilate it up to a few centimeters. So for example, if someone even have a bowel obstruction, the small bowel can dilate it up to maybe five, six centimeters. It's not unusual. So you've got, you got a very flexible tissue. That's why you can accommodate um, uh, the different conditions, you know, when you're starving or when you're fully fed. Parts of your bowel are also home to trillions of bacteria. Study of what these tiny organisms are doing in your body is ongoing, but Dr Ming Ho says we know enough to know they're very important. 
there's a lot of bacteria in the bowel, um, and uh, depends which part of the bowel you you're talking about. And uh, mainly in the proximal small bowel, uh, they shouldn't have any bacteria. Supposedly, your stomach should kill it all. But we do know it now that, uh, now that there's, there's a few strains of bacteria can actually live within the acid, like the H. pylori. They can live in the stomach despite they've got a lot of acid in there. The small bowel itself generally is sterile, but when they get down to the distal small bowel and down to the large bowel, the bacteria start growing. And um, uh, there, there's a very complex relationship uh, with, between the, the bacteria and also um, to the host, which is you. Uh, that, that interaction is actually very important uh, to maintain the, the health of the bowel and also your health. Uh, just an interesting fact, for example, you're talking about fecal matter. You know, there may be two-thirds of the fecal matter is actually made from bacteria. So you are what you eat, and um, but you are not only you, you are actually living with a whole big community within your bowel, which is a whole complex relationship that created from the bacteria within you. If you're keen on learning more about the bacteria that live in your gut, check out episode four in season one of My Amazing Body. It's all about your gut microbiome. Dr. Ming Ho is a colorectal surgeon, which means if he's working on your bowel, it's probably because something's not quite right with it. We asked him what are some of the most common conditions that affect the bowel. For colonic disease, one of the big emphasis, or the two big emphasis uh, that we have uh, prevention of cancers, uh, okay, uh, so a, a large majority of my work is for cancer prevention and treatment. Uh, bowel cancer is one of the uh, commonest cancer that we have in Australia uh, and as you know we have a uh, government uh, sponsored a very large uh, bowel screening program and a lot of our work are actually devo- devoted into that, so i.e. managing the colonoscopy. The program Dr. Ming Ho is referring to is the National Bowel Cancer Screening Program. Bowel cancer screening can save your life. When it's detected early, 9 out of 10 cases can be treated successfully. Each year, people aged 50 to 74 across Australia are sent free bowel cancer screening kits in the mail. If their sample comes back with any indication they could have cancer, they'll be referred to a specialist like Dr Ming Ho for a colonoscopy. The chance of getting bowel cancer increases from the age of 50. That's why Australians aged between 50 and 74 will receive a free test kit in the mail every two years. So uh, once you turn the age of 50, you will get a get a pack from the government called the FOBT, it is a faecal occult blood test kit. Uh, you just need to send a sample of your poo into the kit, send it back to the government, and they will process it. So what it does is to look for any blood that's not visible to the naked eye, which is very often the first sign for people having bowel cancer or any significant polyp, which is a protrusion of tissue um, before they turn into cancer. So you, then if you got any blood into that pool test, then you will need a colonoscopy to check it out. So it's very important to get it screened in and get a colonoscopy as appropriate. So this is a screening test. And for the people who have any kind of bowel symptom, particularly after the age of 50, you need to talk to your local doctor and get referred to a surgeon or gastroenterology to discuss whether they need a colonoscopy. So this is the most important preventative things that we can offer to avoid you getting a cancer 
or to treat your early diagnosed cancer, which is a very, very treatable disease at the early stage. As well as regularly participating in screening, Dr Ming-Ho stresses that some of the most important things you can do to protect your bowel health start before you ever need to see a surgeon. So the most important thing is prevention. So involving regular exercises, get a healthy diet, don't smoke, and have a good lifestyle, don't get too stressed, and maintain your health. And this is the best thing that you can do to prevent having any kind of cancer, essentially, because you cannot control your genes. You can find more information about the program and how it works on the National Bowel Cancer Screening Program website, which we've linked to in our show notes. Are you enjoying this season of My Amazing Body? If you like it, why not tell others by leaving a rating or review in your podcast app or sharing that you're listening on socials? We know people love a personal recommendation, so please spread the word. Are you ready for this episode's mystery body part? See if you can guess the body part from the clues given. We'll reveal the answer at the end of this episode. I didn't always exist, but once I'm with you, I'm with you for life. Most people don't clean me much, which means I'm full of bacteria. You can't see them, but you can see me. If you're scared of seeing me or having me touched, you have omphalophobia. Do you know what I am? Another reason you might see a surgeon like Dr Ming-Ho for a bowel problem is if you have bowel obstruction. This is an emergency condition that happens when your bowels get blocked up with poo that you can't get out causing pain, loss of appetite, nausea and vomiting. So when people have a bowel obstruction to the point that the blood supply to the bowel being compromised by the pressure generated from the content within the bowel, so the blood supply being cut off and that part of the bowel will die and, and then eventually perforate and end up with a condition called peritonitis. It's potentially lethal and you need an emergency operation. Your bowel can get blocked up for a number of reasons. Untreated constipation, a medical condition like irritable bowel syndrome, or even the bowel twisting shut on itself. If you think you might have an impacted bowel, you should see your doctor immediately. Dr Ming-Ho also treats Queenslanders with rarer bowel conditions, including inflammatory bowel diseases. The other part of our, our work is uh, for benign disease of the colon, so um, commonness as what we call inflammatory bowel disease. They're not as common, but they are a, a group of chronic disease that actually need a lot of attention and care. So they actually take up a lot of our time. One type of inflammatory bowel disease is called Crohn's disease. Named after a gastroenterologist called Dr Burrell Crohn, who worked in the team that discovered it in 1932. The main characteristic of Crohn's is inflammation of the bowel caused by the immune system. It can be very painful and cause chronic diarrhoea, fatigue, reduced appetite and weight loss. Dr Ming-Ho says that after all this time, the disease is still a bit of a mystery. So we know that it is a disease that has some partial genetic related. We know it in the monosarcotic twins, if one have Crohn's, the other got a very high incident of getting Crohn's disease. 
but the environmental factors often actually have, have interplay with them. We know that the diet will affect um, the, the degree of inflammation within the bowel, which is a hallmark of the Crohn's disease. So it is a, like a, 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 a multifactorial disease with a lot of factors yeah. interplayed. The onset is very insidious. Uh, very commonly, is um, uh, happens when people have this vague abdominal pain, pain that uh, undiagnosed of anything. We spoke with Queensland woman Kate, who was diagnosed with Crohn's disease a few years ago, about her experience with the condition. It was when I first moved to a small rural town up in far north Queensland, which was Weeper, and I was on a single person villa campsite in the mines. And I started getting a bit of a fever and it felt like I was getting food poisoned, um, a lot of diarrhea, just unwell, a bit of fatigue. And I kind of brushed it aside thinking it might have been food poisoning from the new work environment. But it wasn't food poisoning. Kate's bouts of sickness continued over the coming months. She was tested for other illnesses like giardia, but got negative results. It wasn't until her doctor did a test to check for inflammation in her bowel that they started to home in on the problem. After that, it didn't really improve. And it wasn't until I got an inflammation marker from my GP and the results came back that I was very likely to have inflammation in my bowel. The inflammation marker was very high. And it was very fortunate that a gastroenterologist was coming up that next week to the town because he would visit every three months and I had my colonoscopy and was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Dr Ming Ho says that because the disease is a bit of a mystery and because the symptoms look a lot like other more common conditions, it can be the case that patients like Kate have a lot of different tests done before they get a diagnosis, even though she's actually a typical Crohn's patient. So a multiple trip to the local doctors, even to the emergency, have number investigation, even with the colonoscopy, they can't actually find the cause. They're more common in ladies. And so when you say that you've got a young lady suffer from Crohn's, it's almost like a classical patient. After her inflammation markers came back so high, Kate had a colonoscopy to check for inflammation that would signal she had Crohn's. Yes, yeah, so after I was diagnosed with Crohn's, because the colonoscopy, when they went in, they only went through the large bowel and they usually can stick their head through and see the small bowel as well. However, I was so inflamed, they couldn't actually see how far it went up in my small bowel. So they put me on a dose of steroids, hoping that the inflammation would subside. However, my symptoms of diarrhea and cramping and just general um, fatigue didn't subside. So I was sent down to Cairns and had an MRI. And in the MRI, it showed that it wasn't the, just the inflammation. It actually had strictured, which is basically inflammation that is no longer elastic. And, um, the steroids won't reduce the inflammation. It's kind of scarred there. So the only way to get rid of that scarring is to um, cut it out. While she waited for surgery, Kate was on a liquid diet because her bowel couldn't pass any more solid food and she took supplements to try to maintain some body weight. After a month, she travelled to Brisbane for an operation called a hemicolectomy to remove the damaged part of her bowel. Hemicolectomy means partial um, and colectomy means 
bit of intestine cut out. So I had that. I had about 40 centimeters cut out, which might seem like a lot, but then you've got a lot of bowel. So um, I still got enough. (laughs) And I had my surgery and I just remember waking up and it actually went longer than anticipated. I had uh, a fistula, which is when um, some of your intestine is connected to your um, your bladder or any any kind of other organ. And mine was, yeah, the urinary tract. So that took a bit more time. Kate found her first hours and days of recovery to be painful and a bit frightening. So I came out quite late. And all I remember is when I first woke up in the um, recovery room was just a lot of pain and they must have given me more uh, morphine but I just went in and out um, yeah consciousness and the first night was definitely the hardest I had no idea what to expect. As Kate recovered from her surgery she was encouraged to start eating solid foods to get her bowel working normally again. Um, So after surgery, they encourage uh, solid food intake straight away. Um, I wasn't allowed to be discharged from hospital until I had my first bowel movement, which is quite difficult when you have your pain medication because um, morphine side effect is constipation. So it's really balancing that fact of less pain meds to allow um, your bowel movement to start. So, yeah, I I started straight away. Um, I think I had rice bubbles next day. I had no appetite at that moment, um, but you do what you've got to do, yeah. While surgery is often a necessary treatment, Dr Ming Ho explains that an operation to cut out the disease isn't a cure-all for a condition like Crohn's. The principle of a surgery is to preserve the bowel. We know that people who need surgery for Crohn's disease have very high chance to need the second or third surgery to repair further. So every time if we remove some bowel, after three or four surgery, the patient may run off bowel and then end up a condition called a short bowel syndrome, which means that you haven't actually got enough bowel left to, to perform the vital function to sustain your life. So you can't actually absorb adequate nutrients, which is a life-threatening situation. So for surgery, we're trying to get the patient out of the trouble and then we will hand it over. We'll work with our gastroenterology colleague that they can give the different kind of medication to control disease. So in the meantime, we actually haven't got a cure for, for crimes, but that it, it can be managed in, in the majority of the time. For Kate, this was true. Surgery didn't cure her condition. About six months, you have a post-op colonoscopy checkup. And during that checkup, there was some information starting to appear at the um, site that had been removed. So I did start on some treatment. I didn't actually respond very well to it. Being very isolated in a rural town, it was hard to get the proper monitoring of of the drug that I was on. However, I have changed medication and have followed some treatment from um, this Centre of Digestive Diseases down in Sydney. And I'm actually doing really well at the moment. I'm pretty much in remission at the moment. I've got no inflammation there. So at the moment, things are going really well. Crohn's is a relapsing and remitting disease, which means it can come back throughout life. But it can be managed. And Kate shared with us how she's found balance in looking after her bowel over time. I guess when you go through these kind of 
big life changes or surgery or get diagnosed with something, you kind of clutch on anything that you can control. So for me, the things that I could control was what I put in my body, the sleep that I got, the exercise I was doing, just trying to be live my most healthy life. I find that if you're very, very strict, you can have more stresses related to trying to eat the perfect diet for your condition. We all know that talking about poo and pain can be a little uncomfortable, but Kate urges others who are experiencing any bowel issues to see their doctor so they can find out what's going on. I think you know your body better than anyone else. And if you think something's not right, I'd definitely go and see a professional and explain your symptoms. But before doing that, the best thing to do is to make your own diary and and date and time different things. So if you're going to the toilet, say two times a day, pretty regularly, and then all of a sudden your bowel uh, movements are increased to about six and they're more loose consistency, or you're getting more cramps. The best thing to do if you're a bit embarrassed or, or you don't want to go and see a GP straight away is to just record that down because that's really important data for the GP to make that diagnosis. It could just be food poisoning or it could be something more um, sinister. So definitely think that you shouldn't be embarrassed talking about those things. That's what our health professionals are there for. They've seen and heard all those wonderful stories um, and those poo stories. So it shouldn't be embarrassing. It's all confidential and you don't want to sweep something under the rug and something you wait too long and you need surgery. So I definitely think you know when something's not right and take that initiative and go and see your um, doctor. In fact, Kate's experience with her bowel condition has only made her want to learn more about it. And now she's embarking on a career change into medicine. I am actually an engineer, but after being diagnosed with Crohn's and realising that the I'm so interested in the bowel and and just having that personal relationship or not personal, but, um, you know, just interacting with patients and stuff like that and how important my surgeon was to me. I've actually, um, gone back to university and I've actually got into medicine. So I'm a second year medical student at the moment. So yeah. (laughs) And I'm very interested in hopefully one day, maybe becoming a gastroenterologist or something in, um, the field that I can, I can share my experience, but also help in a more professional way. In his role as both a general and colorectal surgeon, Dr Ming Ho does all sorts of surgeries and it's clear he's pretty passionate about his job. I think the most favourite part of the job, I actually like the emergency colonic surgery. So when people are having this emergency, is is one of the worst feelings the patient have and one of my jobs they can do is get them off it. So after surgery, we clean it up and they go home in three, four days' time as a new body. I think there's nothing really more rewarding than that. So they come in impending doom, almost dying, and they walk out of the hospital in around three, four days' time and go back to normal life. I, I think this is the most satisfying moment of my life. Thanks for listening to this episode of My Amazing Body. Before we go, did you guess the mystery body part? The part of your body that harbours lots of bacteria is your navel or belly button. Congratulations if you figured it out. 
Thank you to Dr Ming Ho and the team at Central Queensland Hospital and Health Service for telling us all about the bowel and bowel surgeries. And thanks to Kate for sharing what it's like to live with Crohn's disease. My Amazing Body is brought to you by Queensland Health. Many thanks to my colleagues, Lauren and Jess, our producers, Carol, our sound technician, and Helen on music and sound effects.